This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'm going to have a very specific show today because I haven't talked about this team since before the season started, and realistically, they were on a historic run, uh, not for good reasons, but for pretty rough reasons, and for the first time this season, they will be playing a home game on Saturday. Yes, I am talking about the New York Islanders, who, yes, on paper right now, if you look at them, they're not a good team, per se. Uh, I mean, they haven't had a good season. We'll say that. I don't want to say they're not a good team, because I do believe that the Islanders have a good hockey team. I mean, when they went to the third round of the postseason in back-to-back years the last two years. They're going to be fine. I'll, I'll even, I don't even, I won't even tease that. I think they're going to be fine, and I, I, th- I think you can probably save money, put money down at DraftKings.com or DraftKings Sportsbook, that the Islanders are probably going to be a playoff team this year. But like I said, it is almost Thanksgiving, and this team hasn't played a home game yet. That is so difficult, and it's not something that I don't think people are talking enough about. I mean, I saw that they had a segment devoted to it on The Point on ESPN+. Plus. On Thursday, they talked to Matt Martin. But I really don't think it's been talked about enough that this team, albeit in dead last place in the Metropolitan Division right now, started the season with the longest road trip to start a season in NHL history. 13 games. Now, they haven't been literally on the road that entire time. They've been home a little bit. But for the most part, the past month, to five weeks, they have been living out of suitcases in obviously very nice hotels and chartered flights and all that. But that's not easy to do, especially as a hockey team. It's not easy to perform in the midst of a road trip that long. You kind of saw the effects of that when they played the Florida Panthers earlier this week. You could really tell that they knew that this was the last home or the last road game before they finally get to go home. And they have a little bit of a homestand here, so they're going to get to stay on Long Island, which is nice. But you could tell they were just exhausted. They were tired. They were ready to be home. Luckily for them, it's over. But, I mean, they're 5-6-2 and two now. They're in last place, like I mentioned, in the Metropolitan Division. Realistically, I mean, they were they started off pretty good. They started off what, 5-1-2? and two? They started off really good. But the last five games they've lost all in regulation. That is the worst run for the Islanders and the Barry Trotz era. After starting November with a nice 6-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, sorry, I, I read that wrong. They've lost four straight games because they also then beat 
the Winnipeg Jets by a score of two to nothing. But after that game, they've lost four in a row, all in regulation. Five to two to the Minnesota Wild, four to nothing to the New Jersey Devils, four to one against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then six to one in that game that I mentioned that they just they look sluggish from the start. They lose six to one to the Florida Panthers. I believe the Panthers had four goals in the first period. You, you could easily tell that, listen, this team was ready for the road trip to be over. So they held their own at the beginning of this historically long road trip and then obviously faltering towards the end, four straight losses. That's where they stand right now, heading into Saturday night, where they finally get to host a home game at their brand new UBS arena. The 14th game of the season, finally a home game on Long Island for the New York Islanders. They host the Calgary Flames, who are, no pun intended, a very, very hot team right now. So we'll see. This is a really good measuring stick. How good are the Islanders? Was it the fact that they were just running out of gas at the end of a long road trip? Or does this team actually have bigger issues going through the rest of the season? Obviously, you can't contribute at all to the road trip. Their offense has been... Pretty much non-existent this season. 30th in the NHL in goals per game with 2.23. Also 30th on the power play, which is something that since Barry Trotz took over, it never made sense, but the New York Islanders were always a pretty lethal power play team, if I'm not mistaken. I might be remembering this wrong, but I always seem to see the New York Islanders in the top echelon of power plays. They have a couple of guys that execute a system pretty well, which is, I mean, the name of the Barry Trotz game. But right now, they're 30th in the NHL. 12.5% only above the Seattle Kraken and the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's really bad. Luckily, though, on the other side of the puck, they're about middling when it comes to goals allowed per game. They've gotten some pretty good performances and a really good start to the season for Ilya Sorokin in his second season in North America. And they're just getting Semyon Varlamov into the swing of things. He missed the early portion of the season. He's just starting to get some games under his belt. He hasn't been great so far, but again, give him some time. Let's talk a little bit, actually, about the arena itself. You know, their first home game against Calgary coming up. What is the arena like? Well, it's located within Belmont Park, so for the first time in a long time, fans of the New York Islanders actually have a decent place to go watch a hockey game. It's not at the Barclays Center. It's not at the, although renovated, still outdated, whatever, Coliseum. I don't remember what it's actually called, the uh, NYBC or something center. It's not the Coliseum. It is a brand new state-of-the-art facility for the New York Islanders and their fans. Finally, they have a home after years of, oh, they'll play some games here, they'll play some games here. They have a home that is also made for hockey. That helps. Here's some facts about the new Belmont Park UBS Arena. Apparently, the design was inspired by iconic New York landmarks. So if you go there, the design is going to remind you of a Central Park, Ebbets Field, Grand Central, Park Avenue, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I haven't been there, so I'm excited to hope one day visit but it's cool that they they gave a nod to obviously new york apparently there's two outdoor terraces open to guests uh, more restrooms per person than any 
arena in the Metro New York area. I don't understand. I mean, they're they're happy about that. When it comes to the, the, the facts and stats that I was sent, that was part of it. I mean, there's a lot of restrooms, which I guess I guess that's a plus. But then the other thing that they're marketing this as is the only arena in the Metro New York area built for hockey. That was a huge thing. Obviously, we all know the Barclays Center was not built for hockey. It was built for basketball. And they said, you know what? We can have a hockey team in there as well. It didn't work. Now this arena, they're saying it. They're marketing it as an arena that is built for hockey. Which is good. I mean, the New York Islanders have needed a home. And luckily, they finally have one. Apparently, Uncle Lou and Barry Trotz each had design input in the new arena. That's cool. I mean, that's that's really. I mean, there's there's gonna be no facial hair anywhere around there. That's that's all you know with uh, with Lou Lamorello putting in his input. But it's cool that they involved Trotz and Lamorello in the design input. Now I'm sure it's it's not an overwhelming portion of the arena, but I'm sure it's little things here and little things there that make it a little bit. More hockey-centric than Barclays Center was. More hockey-centric than certain other arenas are across the league. So that that's really, really cool. Great sight lines and a loud and intimate bowl. This is something that Matt Martin touched upon in that interview on The Point with John Bouchergrass. He said, from what I heard, they kept the ceiling lowered a little bit more just to try to kind of emulate the noise and the sound and the impact and, and the atmosphere that was created at the Coliseum. Obviously, the old Coliseum, the Nassau Coliseum, was one of the hardest places to play in the NHL. You started to see that once again the last couple of years when the Islanders started to get really good. And you started to see the fans start to come back you know, in bulk and see how difficult it was for road teams to come in and win, especially in the postseason. So the fact that they are also realizing that in, in the creation of the UBS arena and, and bringing that back and trying to make that a feature as well, that I thought was really cool. And, you know, you could see on Matt Martin's face when he was talking about that, that he really appreciated. I mean, he didn't he didn't say it. He was saying, oh, yeah, no, that's really cool and everything. But you could see the way in his face that he was excited to see how loud it's going to be on Saturday night because it is it's going to be raucous. I mean, this team has not gotten off to a great start, but Islanders fans are loyal to the core. So, I'm sure they're probably going to have a sellout. It would be kind of probably historic if they didn't have a sellout in the first ever game at their new arena. But I'm sure it's going to be so loud in there. And like I said, the Calgary Flames are a really good hockey team. That's going to be a tough game for them. Even though the Islanders have struggled, they haven't been able to score, it's going to be a really tough game for the Calgary Flames on Saturday. I'm sure that arena is going to be bumping, and I'm I'm jealous of any fan that gets to go to that game. I would love to be able to be in that game and just hear how loud that it is. Uh, One other, or two other small tidbits about the arena. Uh, Apparently it has the largest scoreboard in in New York State with two levels of high-resolution LED ribbon boards. An industry-leading game presentation. So, cool. They have a really nice big screen. <laughs> I mean, they're very proud of some of these things that are only there in New York metropolitan area. Only the, the, the biggest in New York State. So, uh, good on them for that. But the other thing that they sent that I was kind of interesting in, interested in is the fact that they have eight bars in the arena with views of the ice so you can never miss a moment of the action. That's actually really cool. 
you know, you go into the bar and you actually, you know, most of the time when you go up to the concourse, the concession stands and the bars, a lot of them are on the other side of the concourse. Some bars, okay, you have it on the same side, but realistically you can't see the ice from the bar. So apparently eight full bars with views of the ice. So that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Looking at some of the pictures, it looks really cool. I'm excited to see fan pictures because you always see more with fan pictures than these uh, marketing pictures that they put out. So excited to see the game on Saturday. Excited to see what it looks like on TV because obviously that's another aspect as well. And I'm excited to see the New York Islanders because this is a team that for the first time this year, I staked my claim that I think they're a good team. I was against the New York Islanders for the longest time. If anybody asked, I would say, no, they're not that good of a team. And at this point, I'm done fading the New York Islanders. And the second I'm done fading the New York Islanders, they have a bad start to the season or in dead last place in the Metropolitan Division. I mean, it serves me right. It really does. But looking at this team, defensively, they're right where they always have been. Goaltending is still spectacular. I'm sure Barry Trotz is going to get these boys going. If you look at it, they were 5-2-2 two and two on the road. 5-2-2 two and two in nine road games to start the season. That was pretty impressive. They lose four straight, and all of a sudden, the narrative changes. Doesn't help that they're in a tough division either. If you look at it, yeah, they don't have any standout offensive superstar. Brock Nelson leads the team with nine points. Seven goals, which is good, but only nine points. Barzell's right behind him with eight. Beauvillier has seven. And then it's a whole host of people between six and two points. There's no standout star, but there never has been. Obviously, Matt Barzell is the uh, quote-unquote superstar for this team. Probably the guy you expect to lead them in scoring. He's right there. The point is, the team as a whole has not been able to produce offensively. Will it come around? Yeah, I would imagine so. They have the goaltending right now. They have the defense right now. It's just a matter of getting a little bit more when it comes to the offensive side of the puck. And if they can do that, they're going to be fine. And I think they're just they're going to be just fine. I don't I don't think there's going to be an issue with the New York Islanders making the postseason this year. I mean, that is a tough division, but I'll put it this way. I have more faith in the New York Islanders turning it around than I do in the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. I think the system and the team in place there probably leans to them turning it around a lot quicker. Plus the fact that, yeah, they're finally going to get to play home games. You get 41 home games, 41 road games a season. They've knocked out 13 road games, haven't had a single game at home. So a four-game homestand here for the Islanders to break in their new digs. I'm excited to see it. I know they're going to be better. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and won all four of these games at UBS Arena to start. We'll see what happens on Saturday, starting off there against the Calgary Flames. But I expect that they're going to turn things around pretty significantly here. Before Christmas or before New Year's. Same thing. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, I'm going to finish off this episode, this Friday episode of the Hockey Hotbed, with my three stars of the week. I'll be right back. 
The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in a net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Use promo code THPN. It's been a fun season so far. A lot of really fun storylines. It's interesting to see the Anaheim Ducks grabbing storylines, winning games, playing some good hockey. It's been fun to watch. Some teams haven't been as successful as you would expect, but some teams, I mean, jeez. Some teams just having fun. But I want to finish off this week's episode, and the, the last episode of the week. I do four podcast episodes a week, and I always finish it off with the three stars of the week for the Hockey Hotbed. I'm going to finish it off the same way here. My number three star. I was talking about Anaheim. Yeah, Trevor Zegras. Trevor Zegras, my third star of the week. Four goals, one assist, and three games played, including a game-winning goal in overtime against the Washington Capitals on Tuesday evening. This kid is dynamic. He has not been putting up the numbers exactly that you'd like to see from a guy that was favored to win or at least be a finalist in the Calder Trophy race. But he's still, he he's dynamic. And you're starting to see that a little bit more. This week, you started to see that a little bit more. His spinorama pass from earlier in the week was just insane. And then, of course, the overtime goal against the Capitals was also gorgeous. I mean, great patience by Trevor Zegras in that shot and that goal. And then, of course, tossing a stick over the over the glass. You love to see it. Let me try to find his stats. Yeah, six goals, four assists for 10 points in 16 games. Not bad, really. But what you saw this past week was, you know, him start to make those dynamic show-stopping plays. And it also helps that the Ducks are winning games, so more eyes are on their games. Playing some good teams here, playing the Capitals. They played the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday evening, who did end the Ducks' win streak. But at the same time, Anaheim is in third place in the Pacific. So you rode that win streak 
to pretty good positioning around Thanksgiving. That means you had a really good start to the season. This next stretch here from Thanksgiving to New Year's, if you're still in that position, obviously that's going to be probably one of the biggest shocks of the NHL season. But that's going to be in large part due to Troy Terry continuing to do what he does. Ryan Getzloff continuing to just find the fountain of youth out there. And Trevor Zegras. Continuing to get more and more dynamic, put up more and more points, and uh, get higher in the uh, conversation for the Calder Trophy. So Trevor Zegras is my third star of the week. My second star of the week, Soupy. Jack Campbell up in Toronto, 3-0-0 on the week with a shutout against the Nashville Predators on Tuesday. His numbers this week have just been absolutely ridiculous. A 0.66 goals allowed average. I mean, it helps when you have a shutout, but in the other two games, he only gave up one. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from Jack Campbell. Also a 976 save percentage. And Soupy helping lead Toronto, one of the hottest. Actually, you know what? I'll put my, I'll put my foot down. They are the hottest team in the NHL right now. You had... Florida, who for a long time was the hottest team in the NHL, they lost four games last week. They're they're back on the winning track here with two in a row. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, what are they, 10-1 and one in their last 11 games or something like that? They're on an absolute juggernaut of a run right now. And it's great for the city of Toronto because before that run, things were looking bleak. The fans were not happy. But right now, things are good in Toronto, and a large portion of that is because of Jack Campbell's stellar play between the pipes. So my second star of the week is Jack Campbell. And then my first star of the week. I could have gone a couple different ways with this. There's a lot of players that put out some pretty good performances over the past seven days. Honestly, I could put Connor McDavid for what he did to the Winnipeg Jets. Having a goal like that only a couple weeks after the goal that he scored against the Rangers. I mean, the guy's absolutely ridiculous point in all 15 games this year. But I talked about him enough earlier in the week. My number one star for this week, Colorado Avalanche forward Nazem Kadri. Kind of an under-the-radar week for him, mainly because the Colorado Avalanche only played in two games. <laughs> but in those two games, Nazem Kadri, who is a depth piece for this team, notched two goals and six total points in those two, both of them wins, which is even more important for the Colorado Avalanche because the start that they have had to the season, surprising doesn't begin to cover it because, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you had Vegas and Colorado who both started poorly. Vegas has since turned it around. Now they get Zach Whitecloud back. He scores two goals. They get Mark Stone back. He's picking up the pace. It's taking Colorado a little bit longer to get into the swing of things. They're still in fifth place in the Central Division right now. Behind Nashville, behind St. Louis, behind Winnipeg and Minnesota. This team is a team that won the President's Trophy last year. And they're in fifth place in their division? Not what you want to see. But luckily, like I said, important for them that they got two wins this week. Big thanks to Nazem Kadri with his six points in those two games. So if you're Colorado, obviously you would like to see Kadri continue to do this, but you need a little bit more from your stars, right? I mean, you need more from Landis Cog. You need more from McKinnon. You need more from Miko Rantanen. 
Kale McCarr has had a decent start to the season, but this team is better than fifth place in the Central. This week's been a good week, though, for them. So my first star of the week is Nazem Kadri. But that's going to do it for this episode. Let me actually look at the schedule coming up because I, I want to give you a couple games to watch over the weekend. Obviously, Friday night, Avs versus the Seattle Kraken. I'm, ta- I'm telling you, the Avs need to get it in gear. They've won two in a row. They're taking on the Kraken, who are right now one of the worst teams in the NHL. Haven't even reached 10 standings points yet this season. Then on Saturday, a full slate of games. Looking down here, the one that jumps out to me, obviously the first game at UBS Arena that I talked about in the first segment, Calgary Flames, who are one of the top teams in the NHL right now, take on the New York Islanders, who will be playing at home for the first time this season. That's a, that's a great one. Looking at some other matchups, I do like the Minnesota Wild taking on the, the Florida Panthers, a battle of the division leaders there. Kirill Kaprizov coming off a four-point performance on Thursday night. So that should be a fun one. And then let me take a quick look at Sunday's slate here in the NHL. Toronto plays the Islanders. So back-to-back games for the Islanders. I didn't even mention that. Back-to-back games at home to kick off the new arena. It's a good weekend if you're an Islanders fan. I wonder how many of them are going to get tickets to both games. We'll have to see. And then the Wild again are in another really good matchup in Florida. They take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Sunday. So Those are the matchups. Two from the Wild, two from the Islanders that I would definitely be tuning into for this weekend's NHL slate. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back next week with more news and analysis of everything from across the National Hockey League. Have a good weekend, hockey fans. 